Hey everybody, what's up? You are listening to the Playing On Podcast. My name is Carl Markowski, and thank you for joining me. <laughs> it's nice, bright and early on this uh, Saturday morning. Sorry I didn't get this out yesterday, if you're listening to this, but uh, I've been busy. Busy, busy, busy with uh, with real, real work at home, the 9 to 5. And the family and everything that comes first. So, uh, but I've been meaning to get this out to you guys. But uh, here it is. This uh, this podcast is with Scott Kemp, who I have um, I had the opportunity to to play with on Excessive, and um, you know I've seen him kind of come up through the ranks and play for all these different teams and and find his fit. And uh, I'm really glad that he's doing well on the Ironman and. They just came off of a uh, a great finish over in Chicago, and it, it's good to see. And and also Bobby Bobby's Avilas is playing for uh, Ironman as well, and it's 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 good to see that they're finally coming around and and producing how they should. I know they've had a, a couple rough seasons there, but uh, but you know, man, it's, it's that's paintball, man. Paintball has has been nothing but competitive. I feel like the last year or so especially this year it has been neck and neck I feel with everybody um you know even these teams that pull off a win for these events they've had to win many tournaments uh each game that they play I mean no one has has really laid over uh you know this year so it's I think it's been really competitive and I think the Ironmen and and Scotty have been playing uh, pretty damn good but before we get into the podcast a quick thank you to our sponsors Dr. Paintball, where you can finance, like you've heard me say before, you can finance all the gear that you would like. Uh, they have HK gear, they have Planet gear, they have uh, some GI stuff, they have they have dye gear, they have all kinds of stuff. Anything you can think of, they have at drpaintball.com, and uh, and you can finance it. If you can't afford it, finance it. They help you out in any way possible. Uh, they also have used gear on the site. They have paintball videos. They have paintball info current events all kinds of stuff um again drpaintball.com another big thank you goes out to carbon paintball where the cc line is finally coming around we have uh, gloves tops pants um also there is a uh, a cc pack and uh, SC, the SC line has multicolors now, so you have some uh, some different options. I really like the uh, the olive SC pack. That's that harness is nasty, um, but uh, but all the gear over there at Carbon Paintball is uh, it's pretty slick. We have new sweatshirts as well. And if you guys have any questions, go over to CarbonPaintball.com, or you can email myself at Carl at uh, CarbonPaintball.com. And if any team teams have any inquiries or anything like that about uh, becoming a sponsored team by Carbon, go ahead and shoot me an email. Email. It's Halloween time, so I'm I'm like in Halloween mode right now, so I'm like doing all kinds of uh, decorating at the house, and I'm enjoying it, man. It's so fun. Anyway, um, thank you to Carbon Paintball, but uh, we are also sponsored by Planet Eclipse. This and every episode is sponsored by Planet Eclipse. They have supported me throughout the years in my career, which has been a damn long time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but I've had the pleasure of shooting a Planet Eclipse marker throughout my career, and um, you know they've they've done nothing but step up the game every single year. 
Uh, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to shoot an LVR uh, this season. I've shot an LV1, I've shot the CS1, I've shot the Geo 3.5, I've shot the original Geo, um, I shot the original Ego. I mean, I've, I've seen it all, shot it all, seen it all. So I, I can definitely, genuinely tell you that Planet Eclipse is one of the best, uh, if not the best, uh, company to work with. And as far as their equipment goes, everything is top notch. So um, get yourself out there and, and snag a Planet Eclipse marker. So thank you to Planet Eclipse. And that is all of the ads for this episode. So thank you guys for joining me, and I hope you enjoyed the episode. We'll see you at the end. Okay. Scott Kip. What up? What up? What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good. Um, I was just up north, up in Tahoe, um, visiting the old gal's family up there. She's going on a little three-month um, traveling vacation through Asia right now. Oh, so really? She hasn't done much traveling, and you know we get to travel the world. So <laughs> she's been working and saving up. So I'm like, I'm like, it's time go go travel the world and go see things and get outside of America and your bubble that you've been in. So, so you say three months in Asia? Yeah, yeah. Just her and her girlfriend are backpacking all through Asia. Oh my god! They've been saving up for like a year and a half. They like subleased their place out and quit their jobs, and they're just traveling for three months. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> Dude, that sounds sick, man. I wish I just got back from up there visiting her family and then saying goodbye. Nice. Are well, they are they right on like a lake or anything up there? Or? Uh, they have a cabin up there, so we were up at, at um, a cabin like right by the lake. You ever been up to Tahoe? Tahoe's beautiful up there. I've won't, I've never been uh, outside of like the winter time. Yeah. So no, I've never been there. No, I, yeah. I always see like some pictures of you like snowboarding and shit up there. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, Mammoth. We usually go to Mammoth, which is like not far from there, all Northern California uh, mountains. Yeah, dude. I've I've wanted to go there ever since I saw like snowboarding videos back in the day. Like I've wanted okay. to go snowboard there. So fun. It looked like a riot, but um. But thank you for doing this, man. I really appreciate yeah, it. Yeah. sitting down and I'm slowly working my way through. Uh... No, yeah, you've been, uh, you've been producing good content. So yeah, thank you, thank you. I know it's not like like this is kind of what I've been wanting to do though is like have like legit good conversations with people and kind of get their background and everything because I forget who I did one with, but we were talking about it. We were like yeah, these uh, it might have been this last uh, podcast I did with Cody Sedler and Mark Schulte where they have all these new videos that are coming out. They're like five, even 10 minutes long, but they do a lot of just kind of highlights, right? It's always like highlights. You never really get like kind of an in-depth behind the scenes thing until you, until like Dan Napoli puts out like a roster thing or what he's doing right. with uh, X factors thing. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to do that on the media of where you can listen to it wherever, whenever you don't have to mm -hmm. occupy yourself with a screen all the time. So, I think it's it's working out so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so let's let's kind of get into your history. I know like we've been really good friends for a while and um mm -hmm. definitely has to do with uh excessive days and everything. But before yeah. all of that, where did Scott Kemp find and come across paintball and uh and how did that story come about? Yeah, so prior to uh us meeting through excessive, um well first time I ever played paintball birthday party 12 years old i think Fucking that's everybody's party, another one <laughs> that's everybody's right so um <laughs> so 
fell in love with the sport and you know couldn't even drive at the time. Dad's driving myself and my brother. Uh, so how did you how did you hear about it or like figure out paintball was a thing? So, um, birthday party went and and it was you know one of my, it wasn't my birthday party. Oh, okay, it was a all right, buddy's all right. birthday party. Um, I was invited to go, played, had a blast, and then um, bought a Raptor from my neighbor who was like he was in his teens. Uh, and uh, in high school, and mm-hmm. I was like 12 at the time. I bought I bought this with like all my lunch money saved up. <laughs> now was like this previous bucks. to the like before the birthday? No, like after, for the birthday. After. Oh, so you were hooked so right like, away. I love paintball. I need a gun, so I <laughs> bought this gun from. He's like, oh, you want to buy this paintball gun off me? So bought that gun, um, and then started going to the field with uh, my older brother, and we started playing. And my dad would play as well, and we oh, would really? just play walk-ons. And there was a. There was a paintball store down the road from my house, and we would go there after school and like help and uh, clean up guns and just clean up shop. And the manager of the field, he would hook us up with paint and he would give us gear and stuff. Perfect. And we would watch uh, <laughs> paintball videos in the shop. Hell yeah! And they'd have push and all these you know old school videos of ten man tournament. And so we're just watching Chris Lasoya and Rocky and all these guys, and I'm like, wow, like that's what tournament paintball is like. Like I want to get into that, and so. SC Village, about an hour from where I grew up, we hear about the legendary SC Village. So um, once I got my license, I was able to drive. We have to go to SC Village and get into the tournament scene because that's where all the the good uh, pro players and that's where all the good divisional teams go. So how many times um, did you play after the birthday party before you found out uh, like about the tournament? And so we would try to go one day a weekend. We'd go on like a Saturday almost yeah. every weekend. My dad would take us. We'd get hooked up on paint from that field or from that store that we'd go yeah. um about it um and so my brother and i and then we would go play and we made friends at the local walk-on field but it was just a big walk-on field called, called uh, close encounters mm-hmm. so we'd go there and then um yeah started getting in the tournament scene so once i could drive started up in my gun to the um what did i get next an impulse oh, my first yeah, electronic got that an impulse mine. and then uh started going to sc village and met the hostel kids. So that was my first um, intro into tournament paintball. Now, so who the were time, they at the time? Like who, who were so the hostel kids at I'll the time? Give, yeah, so I'll, I'll break this down because okay. not a lot of people know this story about how the hostel kids kind of started. So at the time, there was a team called Hostel Takeover, and it was a 10-man team. And these were older guys, and um, they kind of started a kids team, and that was the hostel kids. So that was Mark Crescent, Scott Crescent, Jay, Steve, um, Nobby, a um, few other guys that don't play anymore. And they had their 10-man um, team, and they were a kids team, and they play rookie tournaments and just do, like, the regional events. Mm-hmm. Um, myself, my brother, um, Bobby Avila's, who I met from the Close Encounters field that was up by my area, oh, um, really? Josh Myers as well. We were like the L.A. guys and the Hostel kids. Um, the original Hostel kids were like the Orange County guys, but we would all meet at um, SC Village. So we kind of jumped on with their team and got involved because we were all kind of the same age. Mm-hmm. And we we're the only really kids um, that age playing tournament paintball. And we were – yeah, so we were the Hostel kids underneath Hostel Takeover, which was the uh, – they were an amateur team and we were a rookie team. Yeah, They, they kind of disintegrated and um, – Hostel takeover kind of broke up or whatever, but then we were still the hostel kids, um, playing rookie and then playing novice. Um, at the time, you know, it wasn't even called divisions; it was rookie, novice, amateur, pro. Yeah. Um, 
And then from there, we we joined with um, a team called Platinum, and that's when X-Ball kind of started. So PJ Platinum was a team of um, this team called Spider's Web out in SC Village, and Sick we kind of hybrid them, <laughs> and we were uh, we were Platinum. So then we got into tournament paintball. Uh, or no, sorry, we got into X-Ball, and mm-hmm. we formed that X-Ball team. So we were playing seven-man um, with the hostel kids, and then we'd play uh, X-Ball with PJ Platinum, and that's when things started going into, uh, you know, we'd travel around and play all the all the events mm-hmm. for the PSP slash NPPL is what it, would, it was yeah. called at the time, right? Um, so then towards the end of, so now this is, this is about 2002, three and, or sorry, 2001, 2002, 2003, um, is that whole era of the hostel kids at SC village and everything. Uh Um, so then towards the end of 2003, the Ironman were rebuilding and they were going to, they had open tryouts at SC village. Um, so Zizek Barrow, who was on PJ Platinum with us, got picked up by the Ironman earlier that year, and he was he was um, the youngest Ironman at the time. The whole team's rebuilding, and they're only keeping about six or seven guys at the time. Yeah. And at this time, you build an X-Ball team of about 15 people because these <laughs> yeah. are matches. So they're ready to pick up about seven or eight guys. Um, so they had tryouts, and it was kind of open tryouts and also a little bit of invite. And looking to fill about six or seven spots, um, and they asked myself to try out um, through. I got that invitation through Zizek, so that was 2004. Um, so myself, Bobby, also got asked to try out. Um, Brandon Short got asked to try out. He was coming up through um, SoCal Kids, which was like a team out of Palos Verdes, and he just, just started coming around SC Village as well. Yeah, Jules Foot, um, Paul. Oh, yeah, Cat- I remember Jules Foot. <laughs> yeah. Paul Caddick, who was also in our HK camp, um, and, and who else? And that was a, that was about it. That got oh, and Alex Hong, um, mm-hmm. the uh, Hong brothers. So th- those are all the guys we all got picked up um, by the Ironman, and they had a tryout of about thirty people came out to SC Village, nice. and they did two weekends in a row, and they kind of um, chopped the the squads down and. Grayson and um, Ryan Brand actually came and tried out. Um, yeah. Came all the way from Texas, and they didn't make the cut. <laughs> and, um, but uh, it worked out for them, you know. They, yeah, yeah, I guess that so. Factor. Um, so before anyway, the old Ironman thing, was there? Yeah. Did you have a little stint with Legacy? So was that? after, so Legacy came next that following oh, year. I'm so jumping ahead. We, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know it's. Long story. I've been pro for this is my 14th year now. So, jeez, dude, you're <laughs> old man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm an old guy now. So, so I'm yeah, like, I'm the same boat. First year, um, first year playing pro was 2004 uh, with the Ironman. Mm-hmm. So, we played that season. Um, played X ball. So you did. Man. So you did get picked up. Was it like uh-huh. a right away thing, or did you get called back? No, no. Or it was two weekends in a row of tryouts, and it went from thirty people to twenty to ten to seven to all right. You guys are going to make the squad, and then let's go down to die, sign these papers, and fill up shopping carts full of sweet die gear. So like it was like legit. You had to sign okay. contracts, kind of a thing. Yeah. So what, was it anything having like was it monetary or was it uh, was it strictly just all your stuff got paid for? Yeah, it was just all your all your equipment's paid for. You're gonna get X amount of 
um, this much equipment and all your traveling expense and everything and um, basically, you know, abide by the rules here, you know, show your best um, self through your sponsors and, um, yeah, wear the gear that you have to at tournaments and this and that. Pretty pretty standard, but yeah, it was yeah. cool, you know. That was um, I was 17 at the time and that was my senior year of high school, so it was, you know, finishing up school and um, getting on a pro team. That was like a cool transition to go through. And oh, myself, yeah. Bobby, um, and Brandon Short all did that at the same time. We're all the same age going through that. That's cool. Um, so the legacy thing, what happened there was, so there was, so we were on the Ironman, and then there was uh, San Diego Legacy, which was also a team that was built um, from a bunch of so-called guys as well. And they were sponsored by Proto, which was the you know the, the sister company of Die at the time. So Die mm-hmm. made a, uh, another company called Proto, and they were the Proto um, main team. Well, they rebuilt the following year, um, so 2005, and they ended up picking up a bunch of the Ironman guys. So myself, Brandon, um, and it was kind of they also picked up a lot of the HK guys that never got picked up by the Ironman. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a way to rebuild HK into a pro team. So we had Marky, Scotty, um, Jay, Nobby, or not Jay. We had Nobby, um, myself, Bobby, pretty much all the guys that went through 10-man rookie with hostile kids into joining with Platinum, playing divisional. And then you know a few of the guys that stood out, we, we went pro, but the other guys didn't. Yeah. And this was a way to like, okay, let's all get back together, put the band back. So it was kind of cool. That was like our vision there. Yeah. Um, but no leadership, a lot of young, <laughs> reckless kids. And yeah. we, uh, we had talent. We just, um, yeah, we were, we we're pretty lousy pro team. <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, oh, I just noticed my face froze on the thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I gotta get a new fucking program. This thing keeps <laughs> freezing up. But, uh, before, when you were on uh, Hustle Kids or when you were playing for uh, Platinum, yeah, did we, as Tipman Effect, were you on the team of Hostile Kids that we played against in X-Ball? Um, I think we might have. I believe so. Okay. Um, so, trying to think. Because I think that was like 2003. Yeah. So, and then after Legacy, Hostile Kids rebuilt um, again and continued to play X-Ball with different roster and stuff. Mm-hmm. But if that was 2003, then I was definitely on the squad. So we faced each other. Did you back beat then. us? I, I think you guys, I think you guys just barely won. I think I was like, yes, these guys have Titmans. We have such a good advantage. <laughs> That's my mentality. going into it. Dude, everybody does though. We cannot lose to these guys. They have Titmans. <laughs> no, but you guys were good. It's cr- well. That's it the, like that's they the only had a better gun in their hand. <laughs> they could do so much better. Well, it's weird, right? Like, so it's it was like another obstacle for us, right? Yeah. We we knew exactly like what we were getting into as far as uh, playing tournaments with ninety eights. But like yeah. to me, that was fun because I knew right off the bat that nobody was going to take it serious, and that everybody was going to just expect to kind of just walk all over <laughs> us or whatever. But I remember that, that hostile game so clear because, really? um, except for the fucking outcome, of course, I can't remember who won, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you guys did. But, uh, like, I just remember like, that was the beginning for me of where and I said this on the last podcast, I respect all the HK guys. I respect that they're a company now and everything, but it was like 
how cool it was for you guys to be a part of HK and BHK. For the Midwest guys, it was the cool thing was to not like HK because of like <laughs> because of like that yeah. match. And it's it has always stuck in my gut like to just like the yeah. only time, okay, so the only time I ever wore anything HK was um well, my, the first pack band, the the strap that I wore on my pack, it was an HK headband from oh, Glenn Takamoto, nice. but I tore off the HK because I liked the print, and then I stuck <laughs> it on there. But I wore your headband around my hand that time you blew out your knee. Oh, wow, yeah. Yeah, and I wore that HK headband around my hand because I was like, dude, you're my fucking boy, yeah. and I got to... I remember that. Yeah. I remember that. So... That's where the whole rivalry thing. Well, it does. It's not even a rivalry anymore because Midwest Paintball is like everybody's wearing HK yeah. this, HK that. Well, they're a huge company now. It's it's crazy because I yeah. remember I remember back in the day like them just walking around and you were probably part of it, just mm-hmm. like handing out HK stickers, like HK Army. Yeah. Stickers. So, and to to kind of go back into the story about HK. Um, so when when I was going um, coming up through the ranks and and I met all the HK guys and we were the hostile kids playing rookie ten man, um, how HK Army started was just um, headbands and T-shirts and it was all from so Brandon Fort was having his mom or not even his mom his grandma would sew these headbands in their like garage of material that he would buy in LA and he would just buy all these different fabrics and stuff and make headbands. And at the time, um, headbands were pretty scarce. Not a lot of companies made headbands. Right. Uh, so to have, um, all these different designs and colors and stuff, um, it was huge. And then he would, he, he would get the, uh, HK, HK army put on it and mm-hmm. giving those out to players and, and a lot of pros would wear it and stuff. And you would have people all over the world kind of just representing it. And, um, yeah, it made a big wave. And then, at the time, too, PB Nation was like a big place where people would go on and just share photos and videos of, of, of paintball and just kind of interact. Um, mm-hmm. And HK Army had uh, just a huge vibe on PB Nation. So it kind of, PB Nation was kind of a big help to really get HK Army going. But it was- yeah, it all started basically from headbands and t shirts. Um, and then it just kept rolling. Like, you know, none of the kids thought that it would go in the direction it is. And now it's, one of the top paintball companies in the world. So it's a pretty cool story to see <laughs> so that. Crazy. Yeah. Now, now is that where, are they affiliated with PB fashion? Yeah. So Brandon Ford um, started PB fashion and he did the headbands and then HK army was founded by Marky and Scotty Crescent, Jay Nobby. Um, and they would make HK uh, t-shirts and yeah, pretty much just, you know, shirts and hats and stuff like that. And they would kind of collab. So then it would be like, um, HK army on the front and then it would say like PB fashion on the tail. And then Brandon Fort kind of made a little bit of a clothing line on PB fashion, but he kind of gave that up and just converted into HK army. But Mm -hmm. yeah, so they collided or they collabed like that. And that's how, um, all the headbands and everything came about. That's it's, it's, it's a really cool fucking story. Just how, yeah. like seeing a company because like we live through it. Like you definitely live through a different part of it, mm-hmm. but like being yeah. able to see a company kind of grow from what it was. Yeah. Into something especially, that could be. especially from kids too. Like at the time, 15, 16, 17 years old, um, you know, just selling these soft good products 
out of your basement online and then, you know, continues to grow. And now you have a company that makes everything but a paintball gun. You know, they make everything now except for guns. They, That's they true. have paint, they have paint with, uh, through APX and they have, uh, yeah, all the soft goods, goggles, loader. They literally make everything except for a gun now. So it's pretty cool when you think about how it all started. Yeah. Yeah. Now they sponsor Dynasty and yeah. Russia's all kinds of teams now. It's mm-hmm. it's definitely a cool story. Um, yeah. So you are, you're on Legacy. Yeah. You guys, so are, now doing, you guys are doing pooping. Yes. Yeah, so now we're doing uh, 2005, not such a hot team trying to get the band back together um and the season ends oh came back to life (laughs) jesus that was forever (laughs) i was getting i was really getting used to that (laughs) i looked interested though like when it froze i was like um yeah Um, i'm interested still don't worry so now so now 2005 my second year of playing pro legacy we try to get the band back together with all the hk guys yeah uh unsuccessful year and the whole team Decides to break up at the end of the year, and everyone kind of goes their own ways. Um, and I had kind of options of, you know, where did I want to go? Go back to Ironman. Brandon was going to go back. Brandon Short went back to the Ironman. Um, and then I was friends with Rusty and Glenn, and they were like, "Hey, come, uh, come try out for Excessive. We're we're picking up a few guys." Um, so went out to the tryouts and. Um, this is 05? Yeah. So this is, uh, yeah, basically the start of 2006 season is so probably January, February before the season kicks off. Yeah. Um, and they had a SoCal practice up in like northern LA area, went out to that and tried out. And then Rich and all the guys like me, had me keep coming, started doing these long drives up north, um, up to uh, Modesto, California. <laughs> and uh, we would carpool. So I'd go up with, um, I was living in LA with my parents at the time, but I would carpool with Maddie, Marshall, um, Davey, and Rusty, who are all coming down or coming up from San Diego. Oh, and Nikki Cuba. So we'd yeah. all carpool up. They'd pick me up in LA, go stay up at Rich's house. Um, and yeah, that's where we met and became teammates 2006. Yeah. So we had an awesome team and we had two seven man teams that were both successful in the mm-hmm. pro division and a pro. Um, X-Ball team won my first pro event, Chicago, 2006. Yeah. Was, so, um, yeah, we had a, we had a really cool team, a um, lot of good talent, and then unfortunately, um, the XS um, XSV Energy drinks at the time, you know, had all these. That was our main sponsor, and they had all these empty promises, and we lost, you know, the bulk of the whole team pretty much, and everybody left because. Uh, yeah. I was so naive at the time. Honestly, I had no fucking idea what was going on. I was just like, oh, I play paintball. That's all I want to do. And I, I didn't know what was going so, on. Like, yeah, so, like, you and I aren't getting paid. We're just, you know, getting expenses paid to play and mm-hmm. um, this and stuff. But, yeah, the guys at the top of the totem pole are expecting this is their income. So um, they're promised, you know, $50,000 or whatnot. And when these guys don't come through with it, it's like, all right, well, Screw you, man. I'm going to go here and there and there. And so the whole team kind of crumbled there, which was sad, but it was a cool experience. Um, yeah, the semi-pro team guys. was cool. Or the excess uh, – or New York Energy. Yeah. Dude, it was 
that like my, one of my most fondest memories is when we remember when we won Miami. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, you guys won Miami. I thought you won that was two thousand five. Nope, that was oh, 05. Right. That was at the end of my legacy, legacy era. Um, but yeah, you guys won 05 in semi-pro. I watched that from the stands because I was on legacy. We got pumped out early. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I remember watching you uh, play the snake and uh, you guys won your pro spot because that was when there was semi-pro and pro yeah. and three teams, was it three or two, would get relegated. and I think two. So you guys – um, and that was cool because going into um, 2007, um, we had two pro seven-man teams and a pro X-ball team. Not, I don't think – was there anyone else that – Sorry, 2006. In. Yeah. I don't think um, so. Was there any other team that had two uh, pro teams? I think Infamous had – well, you know, they were still semi-pro, I think. I just had semi-pro as well. Entourage, um, yeah. Because they had Entourage. Yeah. So I think we were I think the, only we the only team. How did we do in Huntington Beach? I can't remember Huntington Beach for some reason. Third, we got beat in the semis by Dynasty. That's right. And then we beat Miami Rage in yeah. play for third and fourth. That was a heated in one. In the dark. Yeah, we were playing in the dark now. It was like six at night, seven at night. And um, the, the other pro team won. They beat Dynasty. We got third. And then Miami got fourth. Dude, did we, didn't we, didn't we beat, <laughs> didn't we beat excessive though that tournament? I think we beat them in the, um, like the prelims. Then yeah. And then I, I don't know. A dynasty knocked us out of going into the finals, which would have been really cool if we would have beat them because we would have been in the finals against our other pro team. <laughs> that would have been and awesome. Dude. It was just like flip the coin and be like, all right, let's split the money. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, that would have been so cool. Yeah. But th- yeah, that was a super cool experience. It it sucked that it all fell apart, but obviously everything, you know, happens for a reason and um yeah. you went where after excessive? So, after excessive um went to Aftermath. Mm. So, played with Aftermath for a year. I know my whole career is like <laughs> it looks like I'm a big team slut, but it wasn't by choice. It just kind of happened that way <laughs> yeah so <laughs> excessive breaks up they're gonna rebuild um and honestly the team's not looking hot and now there's aftermath and bobby's on aftermath and a lot of my friends are on that team um you have dalton kenny rosenberg um winston so it looked like a fun team and yeah. uh i hang out with those guys outside of paintball all the time so they're like hey come play with us um so Hinman was running the team at the time, full sponsorship, um, playing X-Ball and 7-Man. But now this is semi-pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so played with them for a year. And at the time, you were on Avalanche. Avalanche we had a big thing going back and forth. You would always face off each other um, in the finals. That and was you fun. guys beat us at Cup. Yes. But you guys beat us like – we, dude, throughout that whole year, it was like either you guys or us. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, we won a few of those events. Um, and then there was also seven man. And then we would always face off with you guys or X factor in mm-hmm. seven man. Cause they also, and they had two um, semi pro teams. So they're always a big thorn in our side. Cause we'd have to face two of them. Um, and then, yeah, so that was 2005. And then at the end of Oh five, 
Brandon Short, who went back to the Iron Man legacy. Sorry, I'm getting all my stuff. Yeah, so <laughs> oh seven. Well, yeah, so yeah. hey, before you even before you even get any further than that, I want to I want to kind of go back to when you were on excessive and what exactly happened uh, when you blew your knee out. So World Cup um, tore my ACL in one of our first prelim games. We were playing against we were playing against the Naughty Dogs, and I ran from the snake corner to go bunker map chim out of the 50 snake. I remember it all. Like you don't forget these moments. <laughs> yeah. It, it was traumatizing. So I run the highway and I take off from the corner to the 50. Um, so I'm full, full speed down the field and, uh, it's like G two or G three and I'm just coming highway as fast as I can. And, he moved from the 50 into like the next knuckle up. So like as I come up to the 50, I notice he's not there and he's like kind of behind me. Mm-hmm. So I locked my right leg and my knee locked into the ground and I twist. And as I did this twisting rotation in full s- sprint momentum, yeah, completely just blew my ACL. I felt the pop. <laughs> my whole leg gave out. Gun goggles go flying across the field. I just laid there. Colt Roberts, Dorito one starts shooting me. <laughs> He's on Naughty Dogs. I remember it all to a T. And I'm just laying there. Yelling, like, get out. I'm like, I'm I'm done. Like, I know that that was bad. Like, something definitely tore, and mm-hmm. I can't walk. And they had to stop the game. Nikki had to come over. Cuba had to come over and, and carry me off the field. And um, they had to, yeah, walk me off. And uh, I just couldn't even put pressure on my on my knee, and I just knew, like, something's bad you know definitely did something so couldn't obviously play the rest of the event gave you my headband you wore that on your on your hand r.i.p skimp (laughs) and then uh yeah came home full tear out of the acl how to do surgery luckily i had the off season at that time to recover in that off season um and then going on to aftermath i sat out the first x-ball for seven man and then i slowly came back into the season Wait, was that the um, first kind of uh, injury that you had? That was that through paintball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, and, that's uh, such a scary thing, dude. I I had yeah. uh, a torn meniscus, which is nothing nearly as uh, crazy as tearing a ligament like that. But the, I mean, just the meniscus itself, dude. Yeah. Like, well, the meniscus. The you, did you get surgery, or yeah. did you? Okay, because the meniscus generally won't heal on its own, and it has really bad circulation, so you have to get it. Um, like clipped, right, or sewn back together. Yeah, I had to get it. Uh, they, I actually had two tears. Like I had one where they had to, um, they had to clip off a piece in the back, and then they had to also trim off a piece in the front. They took a good amount out after I looked at pictures. How long was recovery on that? A good eight months. Oh wow! Or was it eight? For when was when was this? It was December. No, actually, no, 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 not eight months. Um, they said it could take up to eight months. It only took me four months. Like, okay. uh, it was December of two thousand sixteen. Like yeah, yeah, and I was ready by the beginning of the first event this year. I was like ready to go, but I was still like on the fence of, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't want to go. I'm going like probably eighty five, ninety percent. Yeah. But it's so scary coming back from an injury like that because, you know, you always get those playing paintball. You always get those, like, urges to kind of go do something or, like, make a move because you're in a bad spot. And your body, like, tenses up and you you go to make that move and your muscles tense up. But 
it was just it was super intense when I first got back because I didn't want to hurt myself so I didn't know if I was playing good enough to be on the team or start on the team and it's very intimidating yeah injuries suck there's never a good time for them <laughs> no no and luckily that's the, really the only kind of injury that I've major injury that I've had where it mm. sidelined me and put me in uh, on crutches from playing paintball yeah Sucks, no dude. fun so I'm sorry. Where were you were? Uh... So, so now we're so um, aftermath. Yeah. 2007. So played the whole season of 07 with aftermath, and at the end of that year, um, Brandon Short, who is you know one of my best buds at the time, and um, he went back to the Ironman after the Legacy era. So I went off to excessive and aftermath. Short went right back to the Ironman. Um, and they have a really good team at the time, and that's one of my best friends. And he was like, hey, come back to Ironman. Um, so talked with Billy and uh, got things worked out and got back on the squad. And it was a whole new team. you yeah. know. So they had – they just won World Cup. Um, they have Oliver on the team. So they, they still have, have Oliver. They have Nikki Cuba. They have um, – yeah, it's a whole new team. It's not the team that I, you know, joined in 04 as my first uh, pro team. Yeah. So I'm excited to get on this team. It kind of reminds me of um, the excessive squad. You have a lot of good talent that's been around and won a lot of stuff, and then you have a lot of young, hungry kids that are around my age. And it's, you know, the same thing, you know, that I felt we had that chemistry on excessive. So now I'm, yeah. I'm excited to go to this team because I'm going to learn a lot, and they're already a championship team. So get on board with um, with the Ironman, and we're playing all the seven-man and X-Ball, um, and stuck around for about five years with them. Um, had a good run. Wow, five team, years? Yeah, um, and then went to um, Excessive, or sorry, went to X-Factor, and then back to the Ironman. So How long were you with Excessive? Or not Excessive. Jeez, <laughs> yeah. See, now I'm doing it. X-Factor. So <laughs> X-Factor. I did three seasons with X-Factor. So it was... Um, 2013, 14, and 15 was with uh, X Factor. X Factor. So yeah, from 08 to 12. Yeah. So why the jump? Why why the jump over to X Factor? Um. So now it's like the team has rebuilt constantly. Um, and now a lot of the guys are leaving at the end of this year of 2012. Mm-hmm. Um, staffing is completely different coaching everything like we don't have Shane as our coach now we have skinny Kevin as our coach um, and Hinman also comes on and then um, it's a whole new team now Brandon's leaving short so shorts leaving to go to dynasty um, Spicka was on the team as well and he's also going to leave to go to dynasty um, Oliver had left already right Oliver's yeah already back on dynasty uh, Rainey's going to leave and go to impact so all my close friends that are on the team that I love playing with are pretty much leaving. Mm-hmm. And so now I'm um, thinking, okay, what do I want to do this next year? And I was in that off season of 2012 at the end of 2012, I was talking with um, infamous and I was potentially going to go play for infamous. And at the time um, rosters were locked at, or they were, they were talking about if the rosters were going to be locked at 12, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had 12 at the time. And 
Todd was like, yeah, we're waiting to find out if they're going to um, put that rule in or not. If not, then we're totally going to pick you up. Um, but as of now, you know, we can't cut any of the guys. We have 12 solid players. Right. So I'm just kind of on the fence waiting to hear what how things are going to unravel. And then I get a call from Ryan Brand, um, the coach of X Factor. And he was like, hey, um, what are you doing next season? I was like, well, I might be going to Infamous, but I don't know yet. Nothing's confirmed. And he's like – well, why don't you come play for us? And I was like, I didn't even think about, you know, hitting them up. And he's like, he's like, look, if they open up the rosters, you're going to be their 13th player. We need guys right now. Um, you're going to be like our eighth or ninth on the roster. So do you want to play every point and start over here? Um, or do you want to go be the, the 13th player over on infamous? And I was yeah. like, you got a good point. And at the time too, <laughs> I'm good friends with both teams, you know, mm -hmm. I have, so friends are both and they're both top contenders so um that was my selling point right there and i was like yeah why don't i go actually have a starting role um, play more paintball yeah so hopped on with them and played three seasons with uh x factor uh, flying out to texas every weekend practicing and that was a really fun team to play with and uh such a good club year yeah so the first year was a was a great year for us um we we win Huntington Beach seven man, um, That's right. which is the last seven man that they ever have in Huntington, and I was like, so pumped to actually win that pro event, like because mm -hmm. who's won it besides Dynasty and Excessive that one year, you know? Yeah. So that was cool to win that, um, and then we won World Cup at the end of that year. So, and we also had so Ryan Brand was our coach. Um, and then we also had uh, we also had coach as our uh, as our secondary um, Paul. Uh, oh yeah, he he was from Damage originally, wasn't he? Right. Yeah, and they uh, and they kind of let him go, and we picked him up as like a as like an assistant coach. And uh, yeah, he was really fun to work with. And rest in peace. Yeah, you know, passed away um, that following year, but he was a part of that win, winning World Cup, and that was really cool because. X Factor has never won World Cup, and they've won, um, you know, a handful of, of seven-man and, and X-Ball events, but this is a huge, huge event going into uh, going into World Cup, and we had a good shot. You know, we're right there. We, we haven't won any of the uh, X-Ball events that year, but we had a really good squad, and um, to be a big part of that and to win a World Cup with them, that was, that was a really cool feeling. Um, and uh, I bet it looked fun. Yeah, and, and just the look on everybody's face. You know, you see like Alex Martinez, the man who's like put all this time and money into everything, just like ecstatic, like it's all paid off. And and Coach as well, and Ryan Brand, everybody like such a cool feeling um, no to bet. to win that. So that was that was a good year for us right there. Um, then the following year, we're we're consistently you know in that top four throughout the whole year um and we just can't like close anything out um and then the third year we picked you up yeah um and then didn't really get much reps throughout that season um <laughs> and uh kind of towards the end of the year was talking with alex and was like well not really playing that much and i'm flying you in from out of town so probably better if let you go and i was like yeah um i have an opportunity to go play with uh 
with Iron Man and help those guys out. So that was the transition there. And I was kind of like ready for it too. Like flying over there every weekend, like for three years straight, kind of got tiring. And uh, oh, yeah. just to be able to drive to practice instead of, you know, hop on a plane every weekend was a big thing for me as well. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, hopped on the Ironman with a two year contract two years ago. So finishing my second year with them now, um, talking with Billy who is still, you know, manages the team and helps out around stuff. And basically Billy was like, look, um, team struggling and you know, you have a lot of experience and you've won a lot of stuff since you've been off the team and coming back on, I think that you can bring a lot to the table. Um, so that's, you know, in my position, I was excited for that cause I'm like, okay, now I'm in a leadership role mm-hmm. where I have kids looking up to me that I haven't won anything yet. And they're asking me out advice on the field and stuff. And I was once that kid when we were, you know, back in the day on excessive and, yeah. and when I first got on the Ironman and now I'm the leader, like with the role of making game plans and, and giving people advice on how to play this better and this and that. So such a good um, feeling. Yeah. So a whole new and, and you're in that position as well, um, mm-hmm. working with kids that are, you know don't have as much experience and stuff. So that's where I'm at now, and we uh, we got the World Cup coming up, and this will be my second year um, back with the Ironman, and my 14th year playing professional paintball. 19 years of of paintball in general. Wow. Where it all went, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I started. I, God, I think I started playing in 2002, like the beginning of 2002. I think is when I first started playing. Then started playing pro 2004 with Titman actually. I'm playing pro seven man, but it's crazy how much time flies. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's so crazy. What? Um. So during this whole time, uh, when did your uh, your off the field job kind of start uh, coming about, like being a physical trainer and starting getting into fitness. Like, when did that start coming through? Because uh, it wasn't always like that, right? Yeah. Pretty much always. Like, so I was either in college or working. Um, so right out of high school, I was like, oh, I'm just gonna play paintball. We're gonna be rich soon, you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that goes through everybody's head, like and, for a and minute. My dad, my dad's like please just go to college. Like I'll pay for college. If you, if you take your classes and you can continue playing paintball and I'll help you out with rent and stuff. So, nice. um, I was like, fine, I'll, I guess I'll go to school if I have to. And I'm like, now I'm like, thank you dad for making me do that. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, throughout the time of playing paintball, went to college, got my degree in business management. Um, and then right after I uh, got my degree, I was like, well, I guess I got to like get a desk job or something. That's what like normal people do. So working a nine to five Monday through Friday and then playing paintball on the weekends. I was like, I can't do this. I'm about to blow my brains out in this cubicle. <laughs> so well, one morning after a long three months in the desk job, um, I was selling, um, it was Ashford university was the, the, the company that I worked for and it's an online university. So I was selling, um, like online college basically to people calling about 350 people a day on an automated system. And usually they're telling you to F off or (laughs) yeah. So, and I'm the guy like, they're like, take me off the call list. And 
I'm that guy that like, all right, I'm taking you off. Fine. I won't call you again. (laughs) So three months of that. And I was like, how the hell does anybody do this? No, I can't do this. So I quit. Um, and then how to, you know, passion for, for, um, training and, and working out and fitness and stuff. Um, so I got certified as a trainer and got my first training job out of the local 24 hour fitness. Um, and then started building my, my brand from there. So, um, and, and the whole fitness thing really, it, it, it stemmed from paintball mm-hmm. because at the time I started working out to be in better shape for paintball because I wanted to be the best paintball player I could be. Yeah. So you start working out, you start watching what you eat, start studying nutrition, start studying your training, figure out the best stuff to do. And now you gather all this knowledge and, and, and you develop this passion for training. Um, and then you also start to see the external results as well as the internal. So you feel good, you're, you're more athletic, and then you see um, the progress on the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then I got into um, doing some, not bodybuilding, but it's called men's physique, but doing some competitions where you get on stage and you're and you're rated um, out of in a bodybuilding show. Um, and I, I pushed myself through diet and training to do that because I, I had some friends that did it mm-hmm. and see like the progress that they can make. And I'm like, wow, like that takes a lot of dedication. I want to get myself to that. So I competed for a couple of years and getting on stage, um, just to like really see it's really hard with paintball to be honest, because like, um, when you're dieting really hard and, um, and weighing out and calculating all your food that you're intaking and then you're playing practice, um, eight hour practice days and in the heat and stuff like that, um, it's really hard to do that, especially if like you're on a low carb diet and you, you're just drained and you're mentally like foggy from like towards the last few weeks of your diet to really get down to, you know, 5%, 4% body fat. You're okay. really in a um, calorie deficit. And then if you're trying to do something active like paintball, it's like they conflict. It's tough. Yeah. So, so are those like when you're training for something like that, is it like, uh, trying to get the least amount of body fat as possible. Yeah. So show definition and right. Exactly. So basically, I mean, it, it depends on what your goal is and what you're, you're trying to do. So if you, you maybe you need to put on more muscle, whatever people might do a, a bulking phase, you know, and they're like, okay, I need to build bigger shoulders and bigger legs in the off season because you are, your, your body is either always going to be, putting on muscle or fat or burning muscle or fat. You can't build muscle and burn fat at the same time. Mm-hmm. So basically you create your foundation. And now once you put yourself in a calorie deficit to burn that fat away, you're maintaining your muscle, but you will not build that muscle as you're losing fat. So that's why people kind of go through like a bulk and a cut. So you bulk up, you build all that muscle that you want to build, and then you pull everything nice and tight to show all that definition by getting all that fat away. I guess that makes sense. Like you have to do one over the other. Like you have yeah. to. To a small, small extent, you can kind of build a little bit of muscle while you burn fat. For the most part, when you're in that calorie deficit, to really drop from 15% body fat to five, um, you're not really putting on muscle. You have to be. You're constantly burning tissue away. So. So what? How tall are you? Are you like five ten? Yeah, I'm like five nine. 
five nine and you're sitting at like what one eighty five? On stage, on stage, I get on at at uh, low seventies, so I'll be like one seventy one uh, to one seventy three is like my stage weight where I'm like super lean, and then when I'm not competing, I'm like about one eighty one eighty five. That's where I need to be, man. I feel I'm like I'm just under two hundred, and I'm like I just I don't know. Like I I try and watch you're my diet. You're though. You're like what six foot? I'm like five eleven. Yeah. yeah. But I just I I, can't, I haven't found that right thing yet. Where I guess it's not the right thing. It's just I haven't been able to be so strict on my diet yeah. and work out so much to where I'm kind of I'm burning more calories than what I'm taking in. Yeah. Like that's the tough part for me. Yeah, and that's the that's the biggest thing is like you really have to dial in your diet to do that. And you're like, okay, I'm doing this much cardio and this much weight training, and I'm eating exactly this many calories of proteins, carbs, fat, and you're really like dialing it in. And then when you want to get even more complex, um, so like what I would do that helps out a lot too is I would do like carb cycling. So you would have like high, low, medium carb days. Um, and you're kind of tricking your body and tricking your metabolism. So you're not just keeping yourself at a low carb constantly every single day. So I might have Monday, um, Tuesday, Wednesday are like super low carbs. And now by Wednesday, I'm super depleted. And then Thursday, I have a high day to bring me back up. And then Friday is like medium to come down a little bit. And then like mm-hmm. Saturday, Sunday, Monday again would be a low. And so you do this cycle. Um, and that's where it gets a little more complex. But then you're really having to calculate everything day by day and it's a full-time job to really yeah. do all that <laughs> yeah now and you go over all this in your is your book still available yeah yeah so i have uh i have two books available ebooks that are available on on my website on uh scottkempfitness.com um but yeah i i go over all that on my in my ebooks um the roadmap to getting shredded so that one is all about um basically getting lean, losing body fat. Um, and I do talk about carb cycling and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other book I wrote, I don't cover diet on it at all. It's just uh, paintball training and it's called uh, performance training for the paintball athlete. And that one's strictly about um, workouts that you can do at the park with a, sm- a few small items that you can buy and, um, and work on speed, agility, strength, um, flexibility. That's cool. And, uh, That's yeah. I I know you had the uh, I know you had the the fitness book out, but I didn't know yeah. you had the the other one. Out. I did the paintball one uh, while I was on X Factor. I wrote that because um, you have a lot of time when you're on those airplanes. <laughs> Pretty much <laughs> wrote it true. all on the airplane. Nice, nice. Dude. Yeah. I've always I was thinking about writing some kind of like some kind of like not necessarily fitness, but just like drills like yeah. to have in, and then also like have yeah, paintball background. All it takes all it takes is time. If you got an idea and something to talk about fucking time dude plugging some time <laughs> i feel like the best i i have like the clearest mind uh when i'm on the airplane that's like when i pretty much wrote both of those books uh majority of it it's just flying you have no cell phone no distraction peace and quiet and if you're flying by yourself you really don't have anyone to talk to yeah. so what else are you gonna do read sleep watch a movie <laughs> that's my biggest thing is like I normally when I get on an airplane ride that's like more than two hours I'm trying to pass the fuck out like as soon yeah. as possible <laughs> as quickly as possible <clears throat> um, but there's other times like I wrote I've wrote some articles or I've written some articles on planes before and 
Um, sometimes I just stared out the window into the abyss, into the black abyss at night and just lost myself in my, <laughs> in my brain. Yeah. Um, but is there anything that you do like, cause I, I definitely want to get into the, um, the Iron Man of now and I want to uh-huh. talk about last event a little bit, but, um, is there anything that you do as far as prep goes before the, before an event? Like, do you take any kind of supplements? Do you do any kind of meditation or anything like that? Um, for the most part, no, I, my training pretty much stays the same throughout the year. And then the the biggest thing for me is going into an event, um, like not sore, you know? So the last thing you want to do is train, 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 overtrain and go in super sore and all that hard work that you've been doing to be faster and build your endurance and everything ends up being hindered because you overworked yourself. So we always practice Saturday, Sunday before the event, um, going into an event where you're going to play your first prelim game on, uh, Friday. And I'll usually take that whole week off to let my body recover. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if I feel good, I might hit a workout on Monday or something, you know, moderate on Tuesday, but absolutely not going to train on Wednesday. Um, and the biggest thing, you know, is really go in a hundred percent. You want all that hard work that you've been training for in the gym, um, to show. Yeah. So if you go in and your legs are dead already, you know, day one, um, you, you really hurt yourself in that area. So also as far as, as the nutrition side of it too, you want to keep yourself um, at least not in a calorie deficit. So when we talked about burning body fat, you have to be um, eating less than you're burning. Well, if you are taking those days to rest, then yes, you are going to burn less than you would if you were training. But you still don't want to put yourself in a deficit because you want your body to recover and um, you want to at least be eating the same, if not more, than you're burning throughout yeah. those days to let your body recover. Because you're right. not gonna you're not gonna get a good recovery if you're only eating you know fifteen hundred calories as you're taking your rest days. So yeah, yeah. Now are you are you a, a proponent of Thursday practices before the event? No, no, no. Because we pr- play for an hour, you know, but yeah. I wouldn't want to play a half day of four hours or, or, you know, anything more and anything more than two hours. Like now let's save our bodies. Let's, you know, save our energy. It's usually really hot and humid. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's where I mean, I, I'm not able to come in um, until like Thursday night. Like I usually cause yeah. I, I can't get off work uh, on mm-hmm. Thursday. So I usually fly out Thursday night. Um, get in Thursday night, but, uh, like I'm never able to walk the fields. I'm never able to like go to practices or anything like that. And I didn't know, like, I was never really a big fan of the Thursday practices because just of the way I play, like there's always a high risk of injury. Mm -hmm. So I, I always don't like playing on Thursdays just for the fact that something could happen. I'd much rather have it happen during the tournament than the fucking Thursday before the tournament. I agree. And I mean, I feel like every team kind of feels that way too. You're not really running into the snake every point with, and, you know, going really far with everybody um, on that Thursday practice when you, you know, you do watch the pros play. Bruno would send me to the snake every point if if I (laughs) didn't say anything otherwise. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. I mean, I'm not a fan of that, but you watch most of the, like we're saving our bodies. We're not running very far. We're, we're just trying to shoot our guns, get the jitters out practice a few lanes and stuff and you know you already know the field 
you yeah. already know. You're not going to learn anything new on that Thursday day. You know everything you're going to know before. Yeah. So. You know what always gets the jitters out for me uh, is getting shot for the first time in the tournament. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm with you there. I agree. Yeah, because it's always like – Wakes you up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it, like, it, especially if you have a couple good points, like it kind of feels a little surreal. Like, fuck, dude, I'm fucking rolling through this shit. My shots are on, everything like that. But it doesn't kind of click in that it doesn't bring you back down to earth until like you get shot and like, okay, I am, it is an even playing field. I got to fucking come back down. Um, But let's talk about that. Let's talk about uh, this last event in Chicago. You guys made Sunday. Yeah, so – we went on a big streak of not making Sunday and uh, yeah, it's, it's pathetic. The, the, the talent we have and we have all the right pieces, but it's just, we couldn't get it done. A lot of bad luck and a lot of small mistakes. And uh, we were notorious of just going two and two and uh, not moving on to Sunday. And it sucked. And it was like, I've never gone that long of not making Sunday in my whole pro career that I just, listed um so yeah it's degrading and it sucks and we had the talent and everything um and we should have been performing a lot better um but this last event was good it was good for us um we got fourth place we got bumped out by impact who ended up going on to win the event um but yeah we uh finally had a little bit of good luck and a lot of smart decisions um and and had a had a Sunday paintball game for the first time in a while for the Ironman. So, so who was your guys' quarterfinal game against? That was um, Uprising, Seattle Uprising. And so I, I, I got to go back and watch some of those matches. Beat them, uh, I think it was like five to two, something like that. So we beat them pretty confidently and then um, went on to play Impact and – and they beat us. It, it was still kind of close game. Um, we got the first point. Al did a run through and shot. It was either four or five guys. I, I want to say he shot all five. Who is this now? Al Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he took off from. He took off from the uh, that like tall tower, the Aztec Tower on the Snake Side. To, yeah, to go bunker the uh, the wall. Shot him, then shot the mini W on the end side, uh, then bunkered the um, the tower that was like his mirror, then shot like the snake can, and then like someone on the Dorito side. He literally shot everybody and then hit the buzzer at the very first point. I got to go out and watch it. Yeah. Um, so we won that point. Um, they won the next. I think we won. they won the next two. We won a point. Um, we got a bad penalty, and then they got up. And they beat us by two points. Um, so it was a close match, but they're playing good. They won the event. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, what do you think about where – how would you describe um, Todd Martinez's coaching style? Um, very emotional. <laughs> <laughs> now, is he, um, is he leading with that uh, – I mean, I, I see it from the sideline, but obviously yeah. it's definitely, and you know this, it's definitely different being coached by somebody and being in that atmosphere rather than seeing it from the outside. Um, yeah. But, I mean, is it is it a lot of is it a lot of confidence? Because that's what I see is a lot of confidence in what he's doing yeah. uh, and portraying Todd's it onto you guys. Yeah, Todd's a very emotional guy um, throughout practice tournaments. I mean, just everyday life things. He's a very emotional guy. 
And, um, and so his big thing as a coach is like, you know, trust in me, you know, like if this is the play, that's it, do it and just have faith. And that's yeah. the biggest thing that everybody has to, you know, you have to believe in him and you have to bet on him and, and roll with it. Whether you think that that might not be the best move or it is just go with it, you know? Yeah. So that's what we have him there for. Um, and that's the big thing. So when we get up and we start winning, um, you know, he's emotional and he's shown excitement. And if we're doing poorly and we're not performing or somebody doesn't do their job, he's emotional and he'll show it and he'll let you know it right away. So, <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> a good dude, good. though. You know, I you mean, got be held accountable. You got to be held held accountable um, if you have a job to do and you don't do it or you're subpar at it. So, yeah, because I, I see him just as emotional as I feel Bruno is uh, yeah. to the game itself. You know, you know, just just for how they portray themselves when something's not going or should be going a certain way. And it's just a passion for the game, right? I mean, that's – you can tell that they both have that. And I feel like him, Todd, and Bruno are very similar in that way on their on how much passion they have for the game. Yeah. But they, they know what they're talking about, man. They've been around for so long. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think that's why Bruno gets such a bad rap is because – he is a little hot-headed sometimes, but he knows what he's talking about. But you know, but it's foreshadowed by the hot-headedness or the arguing or whatever you want to, yeah. or the yelling or whatever. But he's settled down a lot. But because uh, I see Todd flipping out every once in a while, but he yeah. has a solid <laughs> head on his shoulders. He knows what uh-huh. he's talking about. Yeah. But it's good to see. I'm glad. I'm glad you guys made Sunday. I think it was uh, a big yeah, step you forward. You guys had a you guys had a great performance too. Dude, always fucking. Uh, <laughs> like we've had I think it's either I think we have four overtime losses this year four or five that have kept us out of Sunday and like I, I feel like we're right there right we're just we're knocking on the door and it just takes that little you know not making that one mistake during that one point dur- during the first or second point of the match or whatever you know is you know what we got to just tighten up yeah it's fun though because it's like I feel I feel like more now than ever that across the board, for the most part, across the board is is like fucking competition. Oh like, yeah. You don't know who you're gonna like. I don't know how many times we faced up oh, against yeah, Uprising and we we, uh, you know, they stomped us or we beat them. And then the same thing against Boom. I saw you know we beat Boom this past uh, event eight to one. But I've watched them beat. Uh, they beat. I think they beat Dynasty this year. Yep, they beat. They did. You know, so it's like it's, it's anyone such can a beat year. anyone right now. Exactly, it's so yeah. good. It really comes down to anyone can beat anyone, and anyone pretty much has beaten anyone for the most part. Uh, but it comes down to the, the teams that are just more consistent. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I I agree, and I think this past event, this past event showed like how even keel it was with the competition because all those games are so close. There's so many close games. It was ridiculous. Like how many how many one point games do you guys have? You guys had a couple, um, right? We had one. I want to say one, but one. we a few of them were by by two points. Yeah, so which still like you know that like, very close. two yeah. points could be quick. Like there's nothing. Yeah, exactly. It can it could be a five three game, but mm. if you go back and watch the tape, it was one to two. And then two two, and then 
two three two you know three three so like yeah. kind of and then like towards the end it might fall off a little bit but uh but i think it's a good time to play pro paintball right now i think the, the yeah. competition is is huge i think everybody is playing at their best level like i feel like you're you're playing better paintball than you've played in a long time uh you know on the excessive days of when we were all young i feel like we're yeah. playing just as good as we were back then so um yeah, I, I think there's so much more for uh, improvement on on aftershock on Ironman because I kind of I, I kind of go back and forth between both of our teams. I think we're very similar. I think we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of young guys um, that have a lot of room for improvement. But we're both in the system now of where we're trying to mold that winning team, right? And um, and they're both legendary teams. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it just goes to show, just fucking. You, you can't both, just show up. And they're both coached by players that played on the team back in the day. That is Tom true. played on Ironman. <laughs> People forget that. That's so funny, man. Paintball's fucking crazy. Yeah. Well, dude, uh, I won't take up too much more of your time. Um, where can uh, where can people find you, find your book, find you on social yeah, media? Yeah, so my website, uh, scottkempfitness.com, and then, um, and then also... Um, BKI Paintball is a big thing if you guys haven't heard of it that Grayson um, from X Factor and myself have been running for a while so we produce a bunch of content of um, paintball drills and and uh, training and nutrition and stuff like that to help people um, and it's a, it's a monthly membership so you can go check it out we have a lot of free stuff on there too so you can go check out a lot of the free content and then see if you like it um, but that is BKIPaintball.com and uh, yeah Grayson and I have been running that for like almost four years now nice. we have a ton of content in there <laughs> yeah yeah so that's awesome uh, where can uh, oh yeah. where can they find you on uh, social media yeah um instagram is skemp and uh facebook is uh i think i have a fan page is scott kemp fitness nice man so we'll make sure yeah. you'll check it out yeah yeah and any questions just shoot me a message on uh instagram or or facebook or whatever and uh, I'll see you at, at World Cup. Yeah, buddy. Safe <laughs> travels until then. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care, man. All right. See ya. See ya. Thank you so much, Scotty, for sitting down with me and chatting. It's cool to hear the uh, the HK background story <laughs> from, uh, from a different angle. Um, I was always, uh, you know, curious at how that thing started. And uh, it's amazing what it turned into. Um, it's, it's so nuts and it was uh, you know it's definitely cool hearing Scotty's story for sure you know I, I saw the kid grow up I've, I've always seen him at the tournament scene and uh, you know eventually knew who he was once uh, once he jumped on the excessive squad and uh, it, it was really cool to get to know him and I'm glad that uh, that I can call him my friend so so thank you so much Scott uh, another quick thank you to our sponsors Dr. Paintball uh, where they have used gear and new gear where you can finance over at drpaintball.com and they have all kinds of paintball info so make sure that you check them out and also carbon paintball with the uh, the SC line as well as the CC line so you have two different options on the gear um, the new new CC line is coming out very very soon so make sure you check it out at carbonpaintball.com uh, another big thank you goes to Planet Eclipse for producing the best markers on the planet. Oh, pun intended. Um, <laughs> so thank you to Planet Eclipse for uh, creating the uh, 
you know the awesome paintball markers that we have today so thank you and thank you to all of you out there listening if you guys have any questions any comments anything like that i am definitely open for um you know questions or comments or anything like that you know i i want to i want feedback i love feedback i love i love hearing all kinds of uh all kinds of criticism whether it be good bad ugly nice cool whatever <laughs> uh anywhere you can find me over at uh, instagram at carl markowski well it's actually at carl underscore markowski uh there's also the playing on podcast on instagram or facebook uh at carl microwave markowski or uh the playing on podcast same old same old thing so uh thank you guys so much for listening very greatly appreciate it and uh, i will see you next time here on the playing on podcast